0: 21 on SAFM. Twenty one fourteen. Time is of the essence and in very much short supply. Dr. shandir Ram Lagan, senior research specialist, Human and Social Capabilities Division at the HSRC. That's the Human Sciences Research Council. Dissecting for us this evening on hashtag Health on Monday, the stigma of the COVID nineteen pandemic, or the stigma and the COVID nineteen pandemic. What are the preliminary investigations and outcomes so far when we talk about, generally speaking, in social spaces and even professional spaces, the reference or the attachés to COVID-19 on the individual? Good evening, Doc. Thank you for your time.
1: Hi, good evening, Samgeza. Thank you for having
0: me. Mm. Well, what are we talking about when we talk about stigma and COVID-19 pandemic?
1: Okay, uh, it's very interesting when you look at uh, stigma and COVID-19, because some of the stuff that we've actually seen with COVID-19, we've actually seen it with HIV. Uh, like one of the things we actually get is othering. So if you go into, okay, your conversation that you had just now was about townships. So if you go into a township and talk to people in a township about COVID, a lot of them tell us, oh, no, there's nobody there that actually has COVID. COVID is a rich person's disease. So we should actually go to those people that travel internationally or go to the tourists. If we go to basically a richer suburb, the richer people basically say, oh, no, there's no COVID here. You should basically go off to a poorer suburb. So what happens is that, and we saw exactly the same thing with HIV, where people other the disease. They don't basically think that they can actually get it because they always think that somebody else can actually get this uh, virus. It's the same thing that we actually see when we had first uh, wave one, where a lot of the uh, younger people thought that, no, it's only the older people that actually get uh, COVID. Whereas now, if you look at the V2 strain, it's everybody that can basically be infected because this uh, strain is quite contagious. And one of the biggest issues that we actually have right now is when it comes to people disclosing. Uh, again, we saw this with HIV, where if people basically had HIV, they were too afraid to actually disclose that they actually had the virus. Whereas now we actually seeing this with COVID, where if people basically get it, even amongst their own family in their own homes, they are basically not letting their families know that they actually have COVID. They're kind of keeping it a secret. Now, this is something that's actually very odd. I mean, something that I actually am still trying to grapple with and trying to understand. You see, we had other viruses. I mean, something like, say, measles or, uh, measles or mumps. Now, measles or mumps was very prevalent in the past. Uh, not so now, thanks to all the vaccines that we actually have. But in the past, if somebody had measles, we would let our neighbours know, we would let people know, we wouldn't basically visit one another, we would social distance and stuff like that when it actually came to measles. Uh, Because why? It was a contagious virus, and it also spread exactly the same way, through saliva and and, and like uh, through droplets in the air. But when it came to measles, we happily informed everybody, and everybody kept away and kept safe. But here, as when it comes now to COVID, which is also a virus, and it has a similar sort of transmissions with the droplets and stuff like that, people now keep it uh, a secret. People are actually scared to let somebody know that they actually have this virus. And this is actually causing more damage, because what happens now is somebody potentially gets the virus, and because they're hiding the fact that they actually have it, they are transmitting it to family members. They are also going out, they're not social distancing properly, and then they are transmitting it to everybody else. And this is what I believe is also causing this the, the second wave to basically spread as uh, fast as it is.
0: When we talk about the spread of these stigmas and negative connotations attached to something which really is there, irrespective of how it might have gotten here. It certainly is not consistent with the narratives around the stigma. Could then not a case be made about the paucity of government strategy as it pertains to the advocacy question? All the templates we needed that were around HIV and AIDS were that advocacy is important manage how the information around HIV and AIDS is so that you can better engage first of all South Africans and how they think. because if you can do that with facts and science, you better engage how they respond to it and the social behaviors that come with that. Could we not have lifted, copied, and pasted what we knew and didn't know, but now we do have the evidence of from HIV and AIDS to which you referred earlier on in treating COVID-19 so that's, so that we can better manage the stigma issue.
1: Uh, Now, you're absolutely correct there, and that's exactly what the social scientists recommended. And government listened, Because if you look at it from the very beginning, what were the three most important things that government basically stated to everybody? First, wear your mask. Two, make sure you social distance. Three, make sure you continually sanitize, wash your hands with soap and water and things like that. Those were the three messages that were basically given out from day one. I mean, from the time that uh, we found out about COVID and we knew what the situation was government was actually giving out these messaging. I mean, if you went to taxi ranks, they were actually, uh, what is it called, sanitizing hands before you get into a taxi. I've seen this, I've actually experienced it, and so this was something that, like, it was everywhere if you go into shopping centers i mean you can't walk into a shopping center without a sterilizing station and if you're actually walking without a mask there'll always be a guard somewhere along the line the security personnel that will come and tell you hey put your mask on or please leave so the thing is that these messages have basically been there but yet people don't listen and People do not want to listen. Again, they think that they will not be affected by this. And that is where the problem lies, is that... For some reason, people think that they are actually immune. Um, again, we have a lot of myths. Uh, one of the myths that when we did our research, we actually got and, and we uh, published a paper on this is that people said, you know what, uh, they eat pups, so therefore they are strong and they will not basically get COVID. Other people basically saying they're taking their multivitamins, so they are basically secure and they safe and they won't get it. Whereas there's other myths where people actually told us they thought that they we'll would actually get COVID. Uh, by washing their hands in the same sink that a person, basically, that has COVID uh, has also utilised to wash their hands. So, therefore, this is why they were scared to wash their hands. Now, this this sort of misinformation... Is what's causing a lot of problems. Because on the one hand.
0: Let's get on the question of misinformation on the other side of the ad breaker. Beg your pardon, please, Doc. Dr. 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 Shandir Ram Lagan, Senior Research Specialist at the HSRC, specializing in Human and Social Capabilities Division, returns talking about COVID 19 and the stigma after the break. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m flipping conventional wisdom on its head Songezo Mabheqe on SAFM 2124 we are in conversation with Dr Shandir Ram Lagan who is at the HSRC that's the Human Sciences Research Council there. He's a senior research specialist in the Human and Social Capabilities Division. We're talking about COVID-19 and how generally it has been received in the South African society, particularly the questions around stigma being fueled largely by misinformation. The good doctor was responding now to how you engage a society that has been peddling or has, for whatever reason, functioning on the basis of in, of misinformation, and how you can, if you like, bring the ship on the steady waters. Your response, please, doc. Uh, thank you, sir.
1: So. With regards to this information, I want to give you a fantastic example of what actually is, is happening to us at the moment. So the Human Sciences Research Council has partnered with our uh, colleagues, Epicenter, to conduct the National COVID Antibody Survey. Now, the president himself, in his speech in September, came out and actually mentioned the survey and told South Africans that we actually conducted the survey to find out the true number of people that are actually were infect- infected with uh, COVID. Now, we have gone all across the country to basically carry on the survey. So if you do see our colleagues from epicenter coming around knocking on the doors please invite them in and like it uh, and help us with the survey but the misinformation that we actually had and was also spread uh via social media is that we ended up in one of the communities and for some reason one of the members in the community got suspicious got worried got afraid and all of a sudden started spreading rumors about the survey uh like it, on social media. And of course, this person then scared the entire community and all the other communities surrounding the area to the point that our field workers from EPICENTER were then uh, shown out to the community. Now, the problem is that although we had provincial uh, approvals, we had national approvals, and we actually had the president himself come on TV and actually speak about the survey, we still basically had a person on social media was one person it took us to basically hold that survey in that specific community. Now, that's how bad it can actually get. And although social media is absolutely fantastic, what we have a lot of uh, times is that you get one person that doesn't understand something, that basically puts on a post, and then that post becomes viral, and everybody then starts following that and starts doing exactly that. And this is where the problems actually lie. Now, we have amazing uh, colleagues as well at uh, the NICD, the National Institute of Communicable Diseases, mm. that puts out daily briefs on, on COVID. That basically actually tells you what the situation is, what you should do, and stuff And this is good information. It's useful information. It comes from leading scientists in South Africa. But yet people still basically go and follow uh, some other... People on on social media that everything
0: turns on messaging shandir messaging in terms of releasing information is one thing but doing it in a manner that then becomes accessible and upon which people can truly make informed decisions is quite another language being one platform being another for instance you cannot Generally speaking, engaged songers on my back there, eh? somebody who has X, Y, and Z qualifications, credentials, and is operating on a day to day basis in these sort of spaces and then think the same way you engage Songhezel should be the same way you engage that learner who thinks he or she is invisible in relation to COVID-19, who otherwise comes from a similar background to Songhezel. I'm talking about just within the same class. If you change class, if you change levels of ability to engage information, and if you take one person in this community where generally information is treated one way to another person who comes from a different community where information is treated with all sorts of irresponsible ways, that message might be lost not because it is in itself invalid but because it has not been packaged for the audience.
1: Now you sir are absolutely correct. And this is why I think the current engagements are going in that exact way. Because of course, besides having adverts on TV, adverts on radio, the president speaking, there's also a whole bunch of other things that's done in different languages and speaking to different groups in the population. I think the one thing that we're actually doing right now is that we've contacted this person that was sending out this mixed messaging engage with this person, have a good conversation, found out what the problems were, and then tried to obviously get this person, which this person has definitely done, to basically get back on the social media and actually explain what the situation is in a way that he actually understands it, and also in the way that he believes that the community would understand it. So what we're doing is that we are also now getting role players in the community to basically, a community activist, to also engage with the community at that level. So you are right. And like this is why we've also changed strategies to include all of these different peoples and these different sort of media platforms. And hence, I am obviously on talking to you today to basically also engage at a different level and obviously to a different audience.
0: On this point, you know, I'm reminded and I just forget that particular name of the television series. 1994, and so soon thereafter, when we were talking in earnest about the constitution and the changed social, political, and economic order of the country, the then government, together with its social partners, saw it fit to roll out on public television stations. Something to do with the constitution and people knowing their rights, getting the protagonists in South African entertainment to unpack the message around the constitution. That's why, for some time, South Africans would go around saying, It is my right, this. The name of the program, thank you, Lesejo, is Kululeka with Joe Mafela, Ustumo, as he was then known. That was the biggest challenge for this government in 94. Before long, it was HIV and AIDS, then was founded Soul City, among other things, to message on behalf of the government the HIV and AIDS strategy, the condition, and everything to do with that. And it was successful and it ran for long. Here now, on the one hand, you've got artists who are crying foul because they cannot engage in their chosen vocations, entertainment. You have got the single biggest challenge to humanity in a century, COVID-19. And yet what we have used before that has come with relative, if not great successes, we are not repeating that template. We're talking about messaging. We're talking about information. Why have we not seen Natim Tetwa, beg this government to give him the necessary funds to get the best writers and producers and directors to put together something which becomes an ongoing entertainment narrative stroke information, whatever, around COVID-19 and partnering, among others, with yourselves?
1: You know, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody expected it to last this long. Nobody expected this virus to basically be as bad as it actually is. And no one actually expected the virus to mutate so fast to actually be as virulent as what 501 V2 actually is. I think, I think that is basically the starting point uh, of, of, to answer your question. Now, in terms of basically engaging, right now what we see is that although people are engaging, Uh, at different levels, that's what says, you know, you got ministers on TV and and on, like, uh, the SABC channels. You basically get, uh, the president on, uh, you get lots of, uh, people. There's still something because if you look at the way social media has spread between, like, from now and if you look at back at, say, 1994, it's a whole different beast now. I mean, there was no such thing as this social media, the way it is now in 1994. I mean, people never had access to the smartphones. I mean, if you wanted social media, you needed basically a laptop. Now, if you to social media, all you need is basically, a, not even an expensive smartphone, a cheap secondhand smartphone, and you'll basically get access to social media. Uh, something like WhatsApp, I mean, you need quite a cheap phone and you'll basically have access to that. So, yes, those things definitely worked in nineteen ninety four and although we have a lot of messaging now uh in in this space and again this messaging is coming in a lot of like it uh the t v programs that we basically have so i'm talking when i say t v programs i am talking about uh like it the addresses that we're actually getting from very authoritative figures um the biggest problem that we actually have is what people actually want to believe. Because people will listen to, say, mm-hmm. a minister, or people will basically listen to the president, and people will basically criticize, now that no, this person cannot be actually be speaking the truth. People would rather listen to Aunt Lucy down the street, uh, like who basically has a cousin that's working at this hospital, and this cousin at this hospital <laughs> here at this, who basically <laughs> said it to Aunt Lucy, and this is what we have as the biggest problem. So my biggest thing to people out there, is that when you listen to stories, when you read stuff on social media, please take it, and not even want to say with a pinch of salt, I am going to say with a whole basic spade of salt, okay, and just try to see if that actually makes sense, what this person is actually saying, and where your information is actually coming from, because people are very, really to actually believe non-scientists, But when it actually comes to scientists they want to basically criticize and and like it and that is where the biggest problem actually lies is and i think this is where we need to actually investigate a bit more me myself as a social scientist to try to figure out why this is the case because honestly speaking i have no idea why somebody would not listen to an expert but choose to actually listen basically Aunt Lucy's neighbor who works at whatever
0: hospital. And I hope for the most part Aunt Lucy is a fictitious character because if it represents a reality, my goodness gracious, I shut out the thought
1: of her effect.
0: Thank you so much, my dear brother, Dr. Sandhya Ramlagan, Senior Research Specialist at the HSRC, specializing in Human and Social Capabilities Division. 2135, that was the show, The Viewpoint. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate your time and audience. Please stay tuned for everything that remains of this show and the show after that with Manduli.